Thank you for listening to The Actors Room. Please subscribe to the show in iTunes and leave comments and reviews. The show is also on Facebook, Twitter, Google Music, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. The website for the show is theactorsroom.libsyn.com. The site gives you access to all past episodes. Enjoy the show. Let's get to the actual story and the relationship between your character and Bella. What do you think it is about that connection, whether it's the books or the film, that has people so enamored with the world of Twilight? Oh, I mean, I think people, there's a thing about the books where, uh, I mean, when I was reading them, I, I didn't know how to read it from, you know, teenage girl, or any kind of woman's perspective, I guess. I don't really know why they like it, but what I thought was weird about it and what the reaction I had with it was, um... When I read it, it seemed like I, w I was convinced that Stephanie was convinced she was Bella, and uh, and you, it wasn't. It was like it was a book that wasn't supposed to be published, and you're like reading her her sort of sexual fantasy about some. And especially when she says oh, it was based on a dream, and it's like oh, I've, met, I've had this dream about this really sexy guy, and she just writes this book about it. And like some things about Edward are so specific, and it's like I was just convinced that. It's like, this woman is mad. She's completely mad, and she's in love with her own fictional creation. And like sometimes you like feel like uncomfortable reading this thing. And I think a lot of people feel that it is, in the same way, it's kind of voyeuristic. And, uh, and it, it creates this kind of, it's like kind of like a sick pleasure in a lot of ways. But then it kind of introduces a lot of like the action elements. And, and it's very honest. It's really, really honest. And that's kind of what's weird about it. I believe Robert Pattinson absolutely despised his character, Edward Cullen, in the Twilight movies. Now, don't quote me on that. That is just my hunch. I think that he went into it very positive, and I don't think he had a full grasp on the multitude of how big this film or films was going to be. Um, he has stated that in interviews, he had never even read the book. So he didn't even know what this thing was about. And in the interview you heard just now, he tells us that he thought that this writer of these books was crazy. Uh, her whole uh, image of Edward was sort of constructed in a dream she had. It was almost like her dream world. And he didn't quite know how to play this guy. It was so out there. And then after this film came out, his life changed. He was no longer able to walk down the street, and he even says that he was unable to go to the store for months, I believe, years at a time. We are going to talk about the phenomenon that is Robert Pattinson, a very extremely rare case these days. It does happen uh, where uh, some actor just takes off, uh, very much like a shooting star. And his star showed bright for a very long time. And it's going to be interesting to talk a little bit about that and about this actor. And his name is Robert Pattinson. Welcome back to another episode of The Actors Room. This is episode number 22. And here we are in depth, in the depths, <laughs> in the mists of Christmas season. And I hope you're having a great Christmas season. 
Um, right in the middle of mine, of course, and it's going okay, going fine. I think I'm pretty much done with all my shopping. Thank God. It's all done, I think. I, I made my last purchase, I hope, just this afternoon. Did a lot today, getting some things done, running some errands, little things like that. So I hope that you're enjoying your Christmas season, for this will be the last episode of the year, 2018, right around the corner, and looking to do some different things. I'm going to dive into maybe changing the show up a little bit, so we'll see what happens. But uh, once again, thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Actor's Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski, and I hope you enjoy the show about the actor Robert Pattinson. Robert was born on May 13, 1986 in Barnes, London. Now, he's the youngest of three children, and he has two older sisters, and their names are Lizzie and Victoria. The family states that when he was born, it finally completed their little family. The jigsaw puzzle was finished. They imagined a simple life for Robert. You know, one of those normal lives where he goes and gets a normal job like an accountant and they all come over on Sundays and have brunch together and have a good time spend a lot of holidays with one another that sort of thing um that didn't happen well it's not happening right now little did his parents know that their little boy Robert would grow up to be one of the most famous people in the entire world and the only way they would be able to communicate with him would be through FaceTime or Skype. The kid was just that busy. The Pattinsons considered themselves to be a very close-knit family and tried to see one another whenever they can, especially on noteworthy occasions like birthdays, anniversaries, and the holidays. But sometimes things don't always work out, and you miss a few here and there. Robert was simply on a path that had him going in many different directions, Always somewhere to go, always someone to see about a project, an interview to give, so on and so on. The family actually flew into the States when he was filming New Moon, which is part of the vampire thing. And I always sometimes, for some reason, uh, Twilight, sorry. I forget, Twilight. So easy. Twilight. All right. They all, so I guess the family went out to the set to see Robert uh, flew in. Now, they're from London, they're from England. So they flew in to see Robert on the set of New Moon. And they all celebrated his 23rd birthday. And they shared the experience with his castmates. In simple terms, Robert Pattinson loves his family and makes it a point to see them on every Christmas, no matter where he is. Rob grew up in a five-bedroom Victorian house in southwest London, The village looked like a picture out of a fairy tale. Cricket green, clubs, bookshops, delis, boutiques, and restaurants. And that is a direct quote out of a book titled Robert Pattinson, The Biography by Sarah Oliver. The author also goes on to say that the most famous music studio in London is located in this village. Famous bands like The Rolling Stones, Oasis, and The Arctic Monkeys have all recorded tracks there. His parents were well off, but did not want their children to act like spoiled little brats. They expected their kids to be courteous and never ever take anything for granted. And it pains them 
to see people getting things for Rob on the set. Rob's father's name is Richard, and he was a taxi cab driver and a car salesman. Rob's mom's name is Claire, and she worked at a modeling agency. Now, Rob modeled for a bit when he was young. And first coming up, uh, like a young teenager, he modeled. And the reason why, I think, big reason why, is because his mom worked at a modeling agency. Um, Rob was a very cute kid. Um, Very girlish feature, so I'm just telling you the truth. Uh, If you look up his pictures when he was a kid modeling, uh, he had very feminine features. uh, And uh, maybe it's just the makeup they put on him or the clothes they put on him. The uh, the way they had him standing, which is very weird. I'm very against uh, children as models. It's disturbing. I don't like it. Now, there's a difference between, say, uh, you know, Kohl's, Sears, all these department stores sort of uh, fashioning out their clothing, okay, in a catalog. And you got like a, a little kid wearing a sweater, okay? I get that. But some of these pictures that Robert Pattinson was doing when he was a kid, a young teenager, mind you, I don't like it. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it hurt him in any way, okay? I mean, I'm sure he's doing fine. Or maybe he's not. I don't know. I don't know Robert Pattinson. But when you take a look at these modeling pictures, I don't know. I would never have my kid doing that. I just wouldn't. But anyways, we're moving on. Um, and I touched upon the modeling of younger kids. Okay. Um, but if you take a look at those photos, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. I just wanted to, you know, I'm trying to move on. (laughs) It doesn't look natural to me. It just doesn't. Listen, if you're over, say the age of, I don't know, 18, God, go do, go, you know, you want to be a male model and position yourself in weird positions and have your hair standing up and have makeup on and sell, you know, cologne. God bless you. Go ahead. But I mean, Robert was probably like 12. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. Okay. So I have gone on long enough about this. All right. We're going to move on. And I promise we are. Um, <clears throat> here's a little insight on Rob's school years. And this is an interview he gave with Howard Stern. I went to a very, very strict school, and then I went, I got expelled from it, and I went to... What did you get expelled for? Never actually said this before. <laughs> I'm curious. Like, like, that's so, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of cool. I was, uh, uh, <laughs> it's funny, I've never actually, was, uh, I was like stealing porno magazines and selling them at school. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, you, Everything you, was sex with you. Man, you're, you're a sexed up guy. <laughs> but like no one knew, no one knew at all what to do with them. Was, was it just, like a private school, she, she private school? Yeah, and I'd sell them for a lot of money, and then... Uh, what magazines were you into? Uh, like, I we... was everything. I mean, when I got caught for it, it was when I... Because um, I, I used to go in and, like, take, like, one or two and then put them in my bag. But I was in my school uniform when I was doing it. So it was kind of risky. Right. And, like, and then... Um, what a great business. But then at the end, I got so cocky that I would take the entire rack. Oh, <laughs> and dear. And, that's, and you got caught? And I got caught from the guy... You got caught stealing the magazines, or you got caught um, uh, distributing selling. them and selling? I got caught stealing, first of all, and then... Um, I was so cocky about it when the I remember the guy who worked in the store shouting like hey, and then my two friends ran off. <laughs> Great. And I turned around like what? <laughs> and <laughs> and then he, I walked back up to him and um, the uh, the zip I hadn't zipped up my bag, 
And it was the day, it was a post office as well, this place. And uh, This is like your new movie. You're the worst criminal in that new movie. I was shocked how bad a criminal you were. And you were a bad, shitty criminal back then. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. But basically, it was all these old people were getting their pensions in the post office. What a brilliant idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the old people are getting their pensions. They're all lining up. And this guy is like pulling all these porno magazines. And it's when porn used to have like VHS tapes, like in the plastic sheet with it. And he's pulling all these things out. I was sitting there like absolutely humiliated. All the old people are looking at me disgusted. Did he and call like, the cops? <laughs> well, he was saying he wanted to call the cops and he's like, it's either your parents or the cops. And I was like, oh, oh, I could just don't call the cops, call my parents. I mean, like, I was trying to make up a lie of you know, where I lived and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you like, are a bad criminal. It's terrible. I literally be given maybe a house, like next door neighbor house. But whatever. what a nice guy. He gave you a choice, at least. The cops or your uh, parents. Yeah. But then he went to the school afterwards. I mean, it was kind of, but basically about a couple of days later, uh, it just the whole, everything fell down. Like, uh, like basically every single one of my friends snitched on me. Like, <laughs> I mean, literally across the board. You know, it's so funny. If we had only known each other back then, I used to get so much free porn. I could have supplied you if we had a nice profit built in. How about that? Mr. Pattinson uh, used to steal magazines, and not only magazines, but dirty magazines, and then go ahead and sell them to his classmates. And that is how he got kicked out of school. And I read a book about Robert Pattinson. And it was expressed in that book that they didn't know why he left that school. The, the book being written at that time, wasn't, it wasn't revealed what happened. I think they sort of thought that his grades were bad. No, no, no. He was doing some naughty things. Stealing magazines and then selling them for a profit. How about that? A little glimpse into who Robert Pattinson really is. Uh, very mischievous. <laughs> you know? Hmm. What are you doing? Uh, he wasn't into sports. Okay. Because he felt that he was a gangly kind of guy. Awkward. Right? So his two older sisters loved having a brother, of course. And would dress him up like a girl. And they called him Claudia. I love hearing about this stuff. You know, because you have this guy, right? I mean, he was he, he's still very huge star. But I mean, monstrous star. When those Twilight films came out. And every girl would, you know, had a craze for this guy. I'm not saying every girl. But a lot of girls and women really drooled over this guy. And to hear him say that he was a gangly guy. An awkward kid. And then his sisters would dress him up and call him Claudia. Just happens to... I don't know. Isn't that funny? I find it funny. I find it interesting. And maybe because I was a little jealous of how you know the women would drool over this guy and kind of go, well, you know, when he was a kid, uh, his sisters dressed him up and called him Claudia. So, hey, you know, we're all not that great. <laughs> Even back then, you know, Robert was just having fun. I'm, I'm messing around. It's just a point... That I wanted to make. Um, that uh, he had fun. And his uh, sisters dressed him up. And whatever. you know. But they were very. The, the sisters were very protective of Robert. You know he was the youngest. Uh, nobody messed with him. And uh, they made sure. That he was safe at all times. Very close family. His sister Lizzie. Is also currently a singer songwriter. And Victoria. His other sister. Works in advertising and marketing. So all three children are in some way connected with the entertainment industry. 
Lizzie was even on the British version of The X Factor in 2014. All the kids speak well, and this was encouraged by the parents. Robert proclaims that his parents were, quote, just very aware of how you've treated differently in the world if you speak articulately. So it was just the way I was brought up, end of quote. He loves animals, and more in particular, dogs. Rob loves dogs. The life of a dog is something that he is envious of. Now this is what he says. They get pet, they lay around, they sleep a lot, they eat, and they get walked from time to time. And that's great. There is a deep connection between me and dogs. End of quote. Robert was deeply crushed when his dog passed away in 2009. He has said that he keeps talking to his dead dog all the time and then further stated that his dog, Patty, was the most important person in his life. Did you hear that? He referred to the dog as a person. Don't we do that sometimes? I have had dogs throughout my childhood. Uh, Memories always go back to when all the dogs that we had, um, and they were a part of the family. They become a part of the family. I have a dog now. Serious? He's a part of our family. Yeah, I... I tell my kids, uh, my younger one, just the other day. And she was like, Dad, is Sirius my brother? And I said, yes, he is your brother. Treat him like he is your brother. So she kind of felt a little proud of that because she's the youngest. So she kind of like, oh, I have a little brother. Kind of makes her feel, you know, a little older and more mature. That she can maybe take care of her little brother, even though it's a dog. It doesn't matter. You know, we love them just as much. And this goes to show what kind of person Rob is. He cares a lot for animals. That goes a long way with me and uh, shows how uh, delicate, sensitive of a person he really is and how much that dog meant to him. He thought about that dog very much. Rob kept to himself when he was younger and had very few friends. He just didn't want to play with other kids. He remembers not having a lot of toys around and playing with a deck of cards most of the time. It looks like Rob was enrolled in prep schools. The first one was called Tower House Prep. Now, it's a boys-only school. Uh, He was never popular there, just in the middle. He wasn't a leader, but a watcher. He felt that he didn't achieve much in this school. I didn't want to get involved, he says. Now, his parents told the kids that they had to get jobs as soon as they were of age. They felt it important to learn the value of money. At the age of 10, Rob walked dogs and got a paper route. How about that? And when he was 12 years old, he left Tower House Prep. There's been much confusion on why he left, but I think we know now, and it was revealed with Howard Stern, like I mentioned earlier. He was kicked out because he was selling dirty magazines. He went to a new school, and this one was not as constricting. His parents thought maybe, you know, loosening the strings a little bit on Rob would be a good idea. Maybe they thought they were wounding him too tight. With his former school being all boys, he was finally exposed to having girls in class, and he liked that. His first kiss was at the age of 12. Then a few years later, he formed a rap group with a few of his friends. He claims 
They were very serious about it. For real, this was no joke. But it was hard to take ourselves seriously because my mom would be popping her head in the doorway and asking us if we wanted a sandwich. But this is significant, and I'll tell you why. Rob is drawn to music, in all types of music. I would venture to say that I think that he is more in love with music than acting. That's just an opinion. Um, he fell in love with the piano and pictured himself being that old man in the bar behind the ivories, sipping his drink and doing his thing. He is noted as being sloppy, always messy. Everything was more important than cleaning up your immediate area. He much rather play his computer games or watch Doctor Who. It's hard to imagine Robert Pattinson having a hard time with the ladies, but he did early on. Like most of us, he was trying to be daring when approaching them. And he used lines like this, quote, I just got out of prison. <laughs> you know, I wrote this down. I got my notes. I got my notes. And I wrote that down. And it really wasn't that funny when I wrote it down. But when I said it, it you know, it's, that's really creepy to say to a girl. You know, <laughs> I just get out of... And he said that you know, just to see what their expression was. And I'm sure that was interesting. I wonder if the either had the um, expression that I had, <laughs> my reaction of laughter, or if they ran away. Um, I would probably think most of them laughed in his face. I'm sure some ran away. Um, hmm. <laughs> but it was... <laughs> sorry. But it was just better to have them come on to him, he thought. So he stopped his stupid uh, sayings and pickup lines and decided to just kind of lay back and let them come to him. That's probably the, the better way to go, man. I mean, you know, when you're as handsome as he was, you could do that. You don't, you don't have to have lines. Now, Rob has said that he likes the crazy girls and never really had a long relationship with just one girl in school. Like, some boys, uh, you know, they have that girlfriend they have for like a year or two, or even some of the kids I knew had girlfriends like, or one girlfriend, the whole time they were in high school. It was crazy. It was like they were married already. That's just a horrible place to be when you're a kid. And that's the time to sort of date a bunch of other people just to see what else is out there. Um, now, it was just a date here and there for Rob. He would take his dates to the movies, and the girls were not impressed. He would overanalyze films, always pointing out the flaws. Even back then, he was taking a keen interest in the art of film. When school was over, Rob was aimless. He even considered being a political speechwriter. The idea of being involved in politics fascinated him. And he is quoted as saying this about this very thing, quote, I just like the whole idea of it. I wanted to be involved with politics. That's what my whole plan was. I was going to go to the university, and I just thought, uh, I can't be bothered to do anything. I don't want to do homework anymore, end of quote. Well, yeah, well, that would definitely be a bad thing. Uh, yeah, uh, doing homework is a part of college, Rob. Just, <laughs> but I know what he meant. You have this idea in your head, and you're like, I really want to be a politician. And then someone says, well, you're going to have to go to school for like eight years to do that. And you're like, uh, maybe not. So that's what happened there. 
Uh, the strange thing is that Pattinson believes that it was his inability to get a girlfriend that prompted him to take up performing in the drama club. His father suggested it and felt it would serve him well. The kid was just being pouty and needed direction and inspiration. Rob says that he never did any acting in school in the younger years. He truly believes that he would have never gotten into acting if he had a girlfriend at the time. Pattinson and his dad were in a restaurant and saw a bunch of pretty girls walk in. The girls sat down and giggled the whole time. His dad could tell his son was intrigued with the situation. So Mr. Pattinson got up and approached the girls to ask where they had just come from. They seemed like they were having a good time and just generally in a good mood. The girls replied they were involved in the local drama club. And you know what? The rest is history. Before long, Robert was working backstage at this drama club and eventually found his way into a leading role. He loved it. And soon enough, agents were banging down his door. Well, how have you been? <laughs> it's been like at least three years, last time I saw you. Yeah, I'm a little ropey. Ropey <laughs> <laughs> okay. with the English. <laughs> what is your definition of a good time? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's why I'm attracted to it. I mean, I guess my idea of a good time is in probably the majority of people's eyes, a bad time. <laughs> you have to explain that. Like, I like extremes. I like things kind of... I like things going crazy. I like people being... I like hanging around with crazy people. I like I like situations that most people think are unbearable and, uh, and uh, untenable. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like it. And like when everyone else is freaking out, it kind of makes me feel really calm, and it's like a, mm -hmm. I have a dump of serotonin afterwards. Well, you have to give an example because now it's just all a mystery to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like I just like the amount of times where like you know my friends from London will well, well other well actually not really my friends but my friends kind of like crazy people as well. But like I'll have an acquaintance kind of like what are you doing in this place? It's just like you're just hanging around with a bunch of psychopaths. And, uh, and, and I should be like, there's normal people. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I can't, I can't really think of a good example. I'm literally just like... <laughs> like, I'm thinking about skydiving, but that's probably not no, it. Yeah, no, no, I'm literally like, yeah. It's very, very like, you know, when the, you know, that's the line of legality and like, I'm like kind of way over here. <laughs> <laughs> this could be anything. Like, you could be talking about a drug cartel or just, like, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, because um, I was going to ask you about how much of a risk taker that you are in real life, but I guess you are, so I can skip that question. Uh, I kind of like <laughs> saying the opposite. No, not a risk taker at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm fascinated by your character because although he, he loves his brother to death, he, he kind of puts him in these situations where you go, like, mm, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. I want to know, like, how impulsive are you in real life? Do you have to think things uh, through, or w what kind of person are you really? <laughs> uh, I'm that really annoying combination of being very, very impulsive and then suddenly really hesitant afterwards. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, it's very irritating to people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very uh, bipolar. Well, as long as they have a good return policy, it's not that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not exactly. that bad, right? <laughs> How good are you at disguising yourself? What are, like, the better disguises that you had throughout, like, the years? 
Um, what are the better disguises? I mean, annoyingly, I've just I've worn a, the same disguise for such a long time. It's almost more recognisable than if I just walk down the street with just with nothing. <laughs> so like, it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I used to, I remember back in the day, I used to try and just do like organic disguises where you try and put a weird expression on your face and try and just be like, <laughs> 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 and just kind of keep it there all day. Well. I don't know if you caught that, but he stated that he was bipolar. Uh, it, sometimes it's hard to understand him, um, and you don't know quite where he's coming from at times because he's kind of off the wall a little bit, quirky. Um, but he says that he's a bit bipolar, and uh, even more impressed when he pulls off an American accent because of his strong British accent. But I wanted to include that clip because he gives a bit of insight on himself there. And if you notice, he finds it hard to reveal what he does in his life. I have no doubt that it is intentional. He is a risk seeker at times. Being bipolar means you are very low and then very high. And I think he uses the extremes and the zaniness of life to pick himself up when he needs to. And plus the fact that he is a person that is not afraid to push the limits. From my personal opinion, I find that he likes the nightlife. He loved it back when he first broke into the business, and I think he still does. It never goes away for Robert. There has to be crazy all around him. He likes it. It keeps him stable. Now, the theater Rob joined back in the day was called Barnes Theater Club. His first production was in Guys and Dolls, and then he got the lead in the very next play. Rob auditioned for television roles, and in the meantime, got a part in Shakespeare's Macbeth. He played the part of King Malcolm, and he did very well. His performances received standing ovations in the theater. It wasn't long before he landed a bit part in a film playing with Reese Witherspoon called Vanity Fair. He was overwhelmed with the idea of him actually being on the set of a film. It was happening so fast, he thought. He even had his own trailer and felt that it was just too much too soon. But he must be an actor. I just must, this must be right, he thought. I'm here, I'm in the now, and I think that being an actor is for me. This must be what I have to do. Rob was very excited to be in this movie and just excited that he was going to be able to see himself on the screen. He thought that would be fantastic. And I can only imagine. I always wanted to be in a movie. I had done commercials and stuff. I've seen myself on the screen, a little screen. But wouldn't that just be amazing to see yourself up on the big screen in a movie, you know? And he was excited. He couldn't wait. His whole family went to the premiere and they all sat down, watched the premiere of Vanity Fair. And guess what? His scene was cut. No Rob Pattinson in Vanity Fair. Uh, I, I think that you do get to see an extended version um, that's out now with his scene. But when he sat down in that theater and did not see his scene, he felt, oh my God, I missed it. How did I miss it? No, he didn't miss it. It was cut. It happens. Uh, when you're not a big star yet, these things will happen. You're seen on the cutting room floor. Well, the casting director of this movie felt really bad about it, that 
you know, Rob was such a good guy, um, just really nice to get along with on set, and she felt it a pity that his scene was cut. So what happened was this casting director was also casting the next Harry Potter film, and she felt it would be necessary to get Robin as soon as possible, to give him sort of an edge over some of the other actors auditioning for the role of Cedric Diggory. And guess what? It worked out just fine. So think about this for a second. Would you trade a bit small part, maybe seconds, in Vanity Fair with Reese Witherspoon or Cedric Diggory character in one of the biggest movie series of all time? I think it worked out okay for Robert Pattinson. I don't feel so bad for him. Now before he went on to co-star in Harry Potter... Pattinson was in a TV movie called Curse of the Ring. Once again, getting some nice experience on set and having a good time. It was a moderate success. Rob was 17 at this time and finding it interesting to be away from his family and friends. He was used to having his mom do everything for him. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire in 2005. Rob got the part of Cedric Diggory. And like I have mentioned in the old episodes with Gary Oldman. I love the Harry Potter series, and I've expressed that. Goblet of Fire is a great installment within this fantastic series of films. A lot going on in this film, and Pattinson plays a gifted wizard that the younger students look up to. He's a likable character, and this is his first big role. Think about this. He's 19 years old at this time. 19. And he has a nice, and I mean A nice role in the biggest production series of the decade. Pretty impressive and one hell of a break for any young star trying to get his image out into the world. All you need is that one break to give it a chance. And Pattinson got it right here. And it helps that he uses not only his good looks and talent, but his charisma as well. He took advantage of all of those traits. People took notice, mostly the girls and the women, but nonetheless, he left an impression and those in the industry and audiences wanted to see more of him. He then took on another television movie called The Haunted Airman in 2006. The movie was based on a book called The Haunting of Toby Jug. Pattinson plays the main character, Toby. It's a TV movie, folks, okay? You know, I'm not expecting pure genius when I sat down to watch it. It's a subpar film, all right? You know, I watched it to get a feel for Rob's ability as an actor. And you see glimpses of his acting in this movie. Uh, He's still young, uh, very young in his progressions, and you can tell. But there are moments, and you can see that. You know, as an actor, I it was a long time ago for me. But I studied acting, and I, I got a sense of the way an artist, an actor will just deliver their lines or have that something where you can see the progressions going on. You can see promise. And even back then, I was following this kid. I saw something and I said, you know, if he's given the right chances, he has the ability. And uh, in The Haunted Airman, you get to see some of that. The Bad Mother's Handbook was his next film and I didn't like it. It was pretty bad. It wasn't for me. Uh, His character is different. It's a different role for him. He portrays a nerd. uh, And I like to see that. 
that different kind of image in an actor to try something different. I like that aspect of it, but the movie itself, I maybe I just didn't like. And his character, sluggish. I just didn't care for that character. Um, I like some of the choices, but the overall product was underwhelming. The film How to Be in 2008 is just about on par with the quality of Bad Mother's Handbook. And once again, Pattinson looks nothing like the dreamy vampire he will portray next. But you get to see another side of his talent in this one. And that is his musical ability. Pattinson has created some original music. And you can tell he plays it from within. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, the guy has some feeling inside, doesn't he? And it comes out pretty well. Uh, his voice is nice. Um, it's something different. And that's what I like about it. It's more, it's more like an expression of music with, uh, with the way he goes about um, delivering his musical ability. Um, and I think it's something to take notice of Pattinson if you've never listened to his music. I suggest maybe you listen to a little bit more. It all kind of sounds the same, sort of like that, that sort of feel to it. So I just wanted to go ahead and play that for you, just to get a little taste of that. Uh, then Pattinson goes on to play on the role of Salvador Dali. I know, right? Uh, there are not many of you out there who knew that this movie existed, but it does. It's called Little Ashes, and I saw this when it came out. It just looked like a good movie. 
And I love movies about real people. I just do. If there's one out there uh, that is a biography movie, I will usually go on and I will watch it. I was impressed. I enjoyed it. And this is when I saw Pattinson do some great things. The young man had the ability to fall into himself with this character. He shows the vulnerability factor. You can see him let you see a part of himself. Now let me say that again. You can see him let us see a part of himself. With just his movements and his eyes. He's got those eyes. Uh, God gave him some nice features in his face. Uh, and His eyes are very expressive and can be. Uh, like a Jack Nicholson. I'm not saying he's got Jack Nicholson's eyes. But I'm just saying that uh, there are certain features within a person. That uh, you're able to maybe portray um, a feeling or a stare a little better than the next guy. Just by the way you look. Uh, and it is to your advantage that you have the ability to go ahead and use that. Um if somebody is better looking than the next person, you have that um, advantage maybe in a certain way, you should use it. Use it to your advantage. And I think Pattinson was slowly learning that he had certain qualities about himself that he was able to use. And if you use them correctly, you are able to give a really nice performance. And I think that with this Little Ashes character and how he portrayed the artist Salvador Dali, did very well in portraying that. I recommend this one. He took a leap with this role. And now he was ready to jump into the film. That would change his life forever. Henry Cavill. Was the very first actor. That writer Catherine Hardwick. Had in mind. For the vampire Edward. In the Twilight series. Get this. Robert Pattinson got the role of Edward right. Do you know how many actors auditioned for this role? I didn't know this. 5,000. Five fucking thousand actors. He beat out 5,000 actors. It is safe to say that this was a coveted role for any young actor to get. The buzz on this film was ridiculous. I remember telling my wife that Cedric Diggory was going to play the vampire, and she felt this to be a very nice choice. I wasn't sure yet. I feared it would destroy his career. This sort of movie was going to produce several sequels, and I knew it. And I feared he would be typecast. And all of these things happened. Pattinson, well, let me go back there for a second. And You know, maybe I should wait to go ahead and uh, go further into this, because I said I felt that this Twilight series was going to produce several sequels, and it did, and that aspect that was right. And I feared that he'd be typecast. And I think he was for a little bit. But I will maybe I'll do this now. I believe that Pattinson had it in his mind. And how much he really did not like those Twilight movies. And he felt that he would be typecast. And he really played it smart with his movies after that. And if you notice, he was very uh, picky about what he was going to do next. And eventually... I believe that he got it right. But we're going to continue on right now. Um, Pattinson isolated himself from the cast to prepare for this role. And he had to learn how to speak American, for this was his first American role. He moved to Oregon 
and trained for five hours a day. He was determined to not fall on his face. He had not read the books, so he had a lot of learning to do. Pattinson is really playing the piano in this scene. And his castmate, Nicky Reed, was impressed with Rob's music. Now, I guess Rob would play on his own downtime, and Nikki would be sitting around and she'd be listening. Now, I don't know if he knew this, but she was recording him while he was practicing his music. And then she ended up taking her recordings to the producers of the movie. They loved it, and they had him do a song for the film. Very rare. He went from sitting in a diner with absolutely nobody paying attention to him to be one of the biggest stars the world has ever seen in a very short period of time. He didn't like it. And he is not afraid to admit his disdain for the Edward character. The young man impressed me as well. I went to see this film with my wife on date night. I was in the process of promoting my Marlon Brando screenplay during this time. And I saw him come on the screen in the very first scene that he's in. And I was convinced that he would be an engaging young Marlon Brando. I was on a quest to get in touch with this this actor and, and grab his intention in some way. But he was just way too popular. The closest I got was getting in contact with um, Anna Kendrick, who was in the film at the time uh, in Twilight. Anna Kendrick was one of the characters in, the, in Twilight. Um, and this was before she, her career took off. This was uh, way before that. And uh, she also got me in contact with some other people in the cast and some other people. But it just didn't happen. You know, during that time, it was just so, you know, back then. What was this? Pro- oh, gosh. When, when Twilight came out, I probably just said it a little while ago. Did I? Okay. Bad on me. I forget the exact year. But anyways, it was a while ago. It just didn't happen. He was too popular. I really wanted to get in touch with him. Uh, I got kind of close. I thought that he would have made a pretty good young Marlon Brando. I do. Uh, a lot of people scoffed at it, that idea of me doing that. I, I had a few uh, people I was working on the project with. And they said, listen, if you had to pick one actor that could be a young Marlon Brando, who would you pick? And I said, well, I would strongly consider Robert Pattinson. And they all laughed. They laughed. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> Laugh all you want, but I think I'm right. And you know what? He's starting to prove me right. With his acting ability, and we're going to get to his very recent uh, project that he's worked on. Um, but at that time, I was seeing something. And I really felt that he had the ability and the promise to do some really good things. Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. I'm sorry, did I say her name wrong? Kristen. Kristen Stewart and Pattinson became an item during and after the filming. I personally believe that the chemistry between Rob and Kristen is nominal. I didn't get it. I find that Kristen was miscast, and I feel that Rob was kind of miscast as well. They both gave workable performances with flashes of talent, and I saw they did have chemistry. I'm not stupid. They did have some, but mm, I don't know. I thought there could have been two other actors that could have done a better job. That's my opinion. I just That's just the way I feel about it. They both did fine, but I think it could have been better. In between the Twilight films, Rob took on a role of Tyler in Remember Me in 2010. The movie is good and is actually a bit underrated. Tate Ellington plays alongside Rob and is someone I've reached out to in the past. A really nice guy. Um, Also, Chris Cooper is in this as well. 
I recommend Remember Me, and the ending is great. I love twists, and this one has it. 2011, Robert starred alongside Reese Witherspoon in Water for Elephants. Not bad. I was pleasantly surprised in my viewing of this one. It just looks stupid. It just did. There are many favorable reviews about this movie. People agreed that this performance by Pattinson made them take notice. He still had that stigma of the pretty boy vampire hanging over his head. But this was the first step in getting him to be taken seriously. Not easy to do, but Pattinson was on his way. Rob's acting continued to grow in Bellamy. You get to see his progression of emotions spread. The movie itself was not for me, but I'm not a big fan of the 19th century drama pieces. But for the most part, I made it through the whole film. <laughs> you know, I was a big Pattinson fan 10 years ago, and I saw all of his films. A year later, Pattinson evidently wanted to do something shocking in terms of identity and choice of film. Cosmopolis was the name of the film, and it wasn't that good. I couldn't even get through this one. His character is interesting, but the movie sucked. It's very bad, and I don't recommend it at all. If you've never seen it, skip it. I would watch something else. It doesn't deserve any of your time. <laughs> it's my opinion. The next movie I want to touch on is Life. He plays Dennis Stock, the famous photographer who immortalized the infamous James Dean's photos in New York City. Movie's okay, and Rob does a nice job. The guy who played Dean looked nothing like James Dean and acted nothing like James Dean. So unimpressed with the choice of this casting. I just, what? It must have been a favor. I mean, take, okay, just watch the movie. Do you agree with me? Does that even look like Dean? Okay, he doesn't look like him and he doesn't act like him. So what the fuck are you doing? Okay, the kid might be a good actor. I don't know. He did okay. But he's got to look like him and act like him, right? I mean, it just makes no sense to me. <clears throat> None at all. Now, James Franco, okay, when he played James Dean, very well done. He looked like James Dean. And guess what? He acted like James Dean. Very well done. By the casting director, uh, by the director, by uh, James Franco. They did a really nice job. This, I, if you're going to take a, a picture like this seriously, okay, it might be a good idea to get an actor that looks like James Dean. You know what? They're out there. There are so many actors out there. Dying, absolutely dying to get a role, okay? That looked like James Dean. They're out there. Believe me, I'm sure they're out there. Go look for them. They're there. Find them. I just don't get it. I think, it, you know what it is? It's bad casting. It's, it comes down to that. Bad casting. There you go. All right, sorry for my little rant there. I, I will do that from time to time. If I'm really passionate about something, I will break out and just... Go a little crazy, express my opinions, whatever. I do that. So we're going to move on and talk about, um, see, where am I at here? Okay, here we go. It was nice to see Pattinson doing something like a movie like this, this Life movie about James Dean. Um, and this is why. It was something different. And if you notice in his films, each of them, they're a little different in some way. A different kind of character, a different kind of dialect, a different kind of mood, 
just the movie itself. You can tell he's jumping around from one project to another, doing something different. And it's slowly shaping him into the actor that he became in good time. Now, when I started this process of um, doing my research on Mr. Pattinson, I had not seen Good Time. And this was about a week ago. So I had to go out and try to rent it. There's a couple of uh, renting video places around here. They're hard to find these days. Oh my God, blockbusters used to be on every corner back in the day. But now, you know, we have a, a place called Family Video. And we have one right up the street. And they didn't have it. Like, you got to be kidding me. And this place is really cool too. You can rent a movie for like two bucks. So I was kind of excited to go up there. I thought for sure they've had it. This movie came out in August. I mean, what the hell? Why didn't they have it? So I had to go rent it on, I think it was Amazon. I was able to rent it for like, it was like six bucks. Damn it. They really ripped you off. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But you know what? It was worth it. It was worth it. I love the movie. You know what? I really loved the movie. I loved everything about it. Every little thing. Wouldn't surprise me, okay? And I haven't seen a lot of recent movies. I just don't do that. I've explained that in the past. Got a lot going on, and I find it hard to go ahead and keep up to date on all of these movies coming out. Plus, I don't watch the Academy Awards like I used to, so I don't give a shit about who's really winning. Unless there's an actor that I really love, like Gary Oldman might be nominated this year, and I'll watch it then. And I may really watch it this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Good Times is nominated for Best Picture. And Mr. Pattinson himself, I think, has a chance to be nominated for Best Actor. It's that good. I guess what happened was Pattinson watched a movie, and I believe the movie is called Heaven Knows What, okay, by the Bafty Brothers. He saw this movie. I've seen parts of it, too. Very intriguing. I like these kind of films. It's like about street people, all right? Uh, homeless people, people addicted to heroin, that sort of thing. Well, Pattinson saw this movie a couple years ago. Liked it. Loved it. Got in touch with these guys. Said, if you guys want to do a project together, let me know. So what happens is these Bafty brothers, they, they're, they're interested in doing a project, right? They have Robert Pattinson in mind while constructing one of these characters. And there you go. Boom. That's when it happens, right? You get somebody reaching out, saying, listen, hey, the next time you do something, I love your work. The next time you do something, keep me in mind. And they're like, great, we will. Something clicks. It's working. The art, it's flowing. They say, hey, Rob, remember you called us a few years ago? Said if there's anything that we're doing, you know, keep you in mind. Oh, yeah. Well, we did. You want to do a movie together? Uh, yeah, sure. Let me see my schedule. Oh, yeah, I got some time open. Let's do this. There you go. They make a movie and, and it's, it's successful. It really is. It's a hit. It is being proclaimed as a good movie, a great movie. And Pattinson might have the, uh, the role or the, the, the portrayal of his life, right? To finally shed all of that pretty boy, 
uh, Dreamy Vampire, Edward Cullen, blah, 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 pretty boy. Shed it. Stomp on it. I mean, take a look at him in this film. I like the grittiness. It hardly even looks like him. He's got a New York accent. Right? I mean, perfect. I can't believe it. I mean, I had hope for this kid. I really did. I am impressed. Call me impressed. Good for you, man. Good for you. I hope you get nominated, bro. I really do. And I guess that he prepared for the role very hard. Uh, they, they played, um, they went and got jobs as car wash attendants in Queens to prepare for the role. So good luck to Robert Pattinson this Oscar ceremony season. I hope he gets some votes to get on there. They probably won't. I mean, the chances aren't good. They aren't. Uh, Gary Oldman will get it and, you know, a bunch of other real popular actors. Ones that The, the Academy is going to be like, okay, yeah, he did one really good role. It takes more than that. I mean, maybe after the second or third one, we'll consider you. I guarantee it. That's the way they work. Yeah. So maybe next time, Rob, you keep at it, man, and you'll do it. I think you will. Before we wrap up this episode on Robert Pattinson, I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about the crazy fame that this kid had to put up with. All right. I guess the fame got so intense that there were people sleeping outside his house every day. And he says that I didn't go to the supermarket for six years. Holy shit. Quote, the most embarrassing photo that can ever be taken of you is when you're in a bookshop and everyone can see what book you're buying. He says, they might as well just take a picture of me having a wank, end of quote. And I would guess having a wank would be, you know. Mm. All right. And this is from an interview with People Magazine. Quote, I was watching the MTV VMAs the other day and thinking how bizarre it was that I ever did that. I remember doing those awards shows and saying the dumbest shit. And I was hung over for most of it anyway. End of quote. Pattinson also revealed a vulnerable side in the interview. Quote, I'm the most uncomfortable person in the world. It's taken me a really long time to find out what my voice is. Or even if I had the right to say anything at all. End of quote. A lot of people, when they're really young, tend to be like, I've got something to say and I want everyone to hear it. He also says, but I've never wanted anyone to hear what I'm saying because it's probably stupid. Don't we all feel that way though? <laughs> and that was me just saying that. I mean, don't we all feel that way? Like, boy, if I had a voice, there are so many things I could say, right? And then you think to yourself, what if the things I'm saying are completely stupid? Yeah, it's probably true. When Pattinson is living in England, the press leaves him alone for the most part, which is so nice, he says. Normality becomes real again, and that's a nice thing to have. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Actors Room, highlighting Robert Pattinson. And it was a really fun interview. 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 Like I was sitting here with Robert Pattinson. Hey, Rob, come over here. Stop hiding. Come over here. Yeah, no, say something. You were, he was here the whole time. I'm, I'm not kidding. He was here. Just say something. I'm not. All right. I'm playing around. Now, thank you for listening to this uh, edition of The Actors Room. Um, it was fun learning about him. Didn't know anything about him, to be quite honest with you. I just just watched, watched his acting. Uh, never read anything about him. Uh, my wife was a big fan, and 
I'm a big fan of the Harry Potter movies, and I really enjoyed his uh, Cedric Diggory character and saw something like, you know, this kid's going to be something someday. I, I really do believe that. And he did. That's great. Good for him. Um, please keep supporting the show. This is the last episode of the year. And I truly hope that you have a great New Year's, a safe New Year's. We're probably just going to stay in. I'm old, man. I'm 41 now. Okay. Got family and everything. I think I'm pretty much done with the whole New Year's Eve going out and getting wasted and partying hard and just feeling like shit the next day. Like New Year's Day was always just a rough day because you drink so much and you partied hard. Done with that, man. So I'm looking forward to enjoying my holiday quietly. I'm going to have the family. Maybe we'll play a few games. You know, I don't even really a big fan of the, the ball dropping anymore. When I lived in New York, I never had any interest at all to go see the ball drop. Okay, you're standing outside like all day. And it's usually pretty cold outside. So yeah, I, I never really had the desire to do that sort of thing. That's just me. Um, looking forward to just relaxing this New Year's Eve. Um, what I do is... Uh, I, I like do puzzles, relax, put my feet up, put in lots of movies. Um, maybe this year what I'm going to do, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to start watching some more recent movies. Catching up, I think that this podcast is going to have to start doing some more recent and popular things to get to a broader audience. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure there's some great movies out there I've missed these past few years, and especially this year. Um, I think that there have been some really nice films that have come out just this year. So that's where I'm going to start. I'm going to go ahead and watch all I can in the next few months of new films. Spread my horizons. Can't wait. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Christmas, everyone. I hope you get all that you want. God bless you. Have a good one.